0: I'm going to stay behind the pulpit this morning. I apologize. I would have gotten someone to fill in this morning if this wouldn't have hit me just so late in the morning, I'm feeling a little rough. But I promise you, I'm not doing anything that's jeopardizing anybody's health here. I promise you that. It's good to see everybody. If you're visiting with you, we're, we're if you're visiting with us, we're glad you're here. Uh, as you know, I have participated in two funerals in just the last uh, few short days, and so I just to. This morning, the only subject I feel good talking about today is heaven. Y'all want to come with me? Let's look at it. Let's just get lost. Someone said, well, Pastor Mark, you're one of those people that are dreaming. Well, that's a dream I like. Heaven's real, isn't it? And uh, I stood over the casket of a precious dear lady last night. Yesterday yesterday afternoon, her funeral was at 1.00. And uh, I have to say to you, church, and I'm not saying this in a feel sorry for me kind of way, but I mean, I'm kind of envious of her. (laughs) Really, every Christian ought to be on me. If we truly believe that heaven's real and it's all that the Lord says it is going to be, we are absolutely excited to get there. But I've learned nobody's excited to get there today, right? But I hope after the message today, all of us will think a little bit more about it. Would you open your precious Bible to the book of Philippians chapter 3? Philippians chapter 3 this morning, and we'll begin reading in verse number 15, and I just want to make this statement, this is going to be the, uh, the message, this world is not my home. We're just passing through, and uh, you know, uh, just the last few days, uh, Brother Tim and his family, and I felt good talking about heaven when I was there, trying to comfort that family, and then yesterday... I had some thoughts. I found a poem uh, just specifically for Miss Jenkins. Uh, it's called Home Sweet Home. I actually should have got it and read it this morning, but uh, it was just really personal. There's a, there's a lady there at Greystone and, um, of course, love her. Uh, she's been there for 40 years, so when we went there years ago as the assistant, um, she's, a, she's a funny lady. Her name's Janie, and uh, she come up to me and she said, I'm going to hogswoggle you. And uh, to this day, I have no idea what that means. And now talking with her, even yesterday, I told her to define it. And she couldn't even define it. And uh, she told me, she said, she said, well, that poem that you're going to read for Miss Jenkins, she said, I want you to read that at my funeral. I said, oh, no. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write one for you. And she said, well, what would that sound like? I'm like, well, I'd say I met a lady one day that wanted to hogswoggle me. She's never been able to define what that means. She's always told me to preach hell hot and heaven sweet. If you don't get saved, you're gonna burn your feet. Said, how's that sound, Janie? She said, That sounds good. (laughs) Philippians chapter 3, verse 15. Let us therefore As many as be perfect, that word means mature. Be thus minded, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as ye have for us as an example. For many walk of whom I have told you often and I'll tell you even weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things for your conversation and that word conversation there means your lifestyle for your conversation is in heaven. Your citizenship is what that means. Your lifestyle, your real life is in heaven. From whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Who shall change our vile body. That it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body. What a day, right? according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Brother Jason Lofty, would you just stand and ask God's blessing on the message today? Would you do that, please? Father, we we pray for the preaching this morning. We pray for Pastor Mark, which will anoint him. Uh, God, we just ask a special blessing on him today. You'll touch Him from above and give Him the message that we need to hear today. We pray that we be receptive to Your Word. And Father, we look forward to that glorious day of that homecoming. We look forward to that, that day where we'll never suffer again. And we thank You, Father, for Your mercy and for allowing the way of salvation. And we ask now that You'll bless in this preaching in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in this book, the Apostle Paul, he's writing from a very unlikely place. He's writing from a prison cell. You thought about that? think that would affect our life if we were in a prison cell for simply just doing what was right. So remember, this epistle is written from a prison cell. Yet, even in this prison cell, and this is what's convicting to me, comforting to me, challenging to me, and hopefully to you. Even though he was in the prison cell, he was still joyful. And I believe one of the reasons why he even mentioned and started talking about heaven, he started talking about the peace of God over there in verse chapter number four, is because he knew, if anybody knew that there was a real heaven, I truly believe the Apostle Paul seen heaven with his own eyes. I really do. I think that when he was left dead, I think he was dead at Lystra, they stoned him. And the Bible says that later on, he said, whether out of the body or in the body, so I cannot tell. But he said, the things i seen was unlawful to be able to speak. And so he seen something great, didn't he? And all I want to do is encourage you today is no matter how bad it is here, no matter how ugly it is here, I want you to know there's a better place to come. And I hope and pray that we'll get our focus on heaven. There's nothing greater than to think of heaven. In these days, we must think about our eternal home. And I hope and pray this morning that you know that heaven is your eternal home. You don't reach that home by coming to church. You don't reach that home by getting baptized. You don't reach heaven by obeying all the Ten Commandments. You reach heaven because you've got to go through the door. If I enter into a building, if you enter this room, we have to enter into the door. Well, to enter into the heaven, you've got to enter the door. And the Jesus Christ said... He is the way, the truth, and life. He is the door. No man cometh unto the Father but going through the door. So Jesus Christ is the door. Now you tell me this morning, if there was another way to get to heaven, why would Jesus Christ come to this earth and pay for our sin and die the way he died and did what he did if there's some other way that I could do something to get my sins forgiven? The Lord Jesus Christ came that he might save sinners. And oh, I hope and pray today, I hope and pray you know him. If you do not know him, I would not leave this building unless I did know Him. The Spirit of God will reveal to you whether you know Him or not. And when that conviction comes, you ought to say yes. But I hope all of us can say this morning, and I hope better yet, I hope all of us could sing, This world is not my home. And I don't know about y'all, but that gives me great joy today because I'm glad this ain't all there is to it. I'm glad this is all they're into it. Could you imagine living in this life and have no hope of heaven, no hope of tomorrow, no hope of a better place, no hope of a place where there's no more sickness, there's no more death, there's no more hospitals, there's no more funeral homes, there's no more caskets, there's no more death, there's no more lies, hey, there's no more hurt, there's no more sin. There's no consequences of it in heaven. Can't wait to get there. So, why don't we just this morning for a few minutes, let's just focus on heaven. Let's just focus on heaven. I think it would all do us good this morning just to kind of focus on heaven. I want you to notice in verse 18, we we notice something here about verse 18 and verse 19. We know that there are some here that were simply not focusing on heaven, they were focusing on earthly things because God explains us to us here because they're only today, they're only focusing on earthly things. The Bible uses the word whose God is their belly. Look at verse number 19, you'll see that phrase, whose God is their belly. In other words, he's referring to the world, a philosophy of people that are living it up down here. They're, they're only that this world and everything that this world and culture and society can, can get you, can give you. That's their life, that's their joy. He's saying that's their God is their belly. In other words, what all whatever can please them. Whatever they can get here in this life. And by the way, I see this happening a lot today. It's a sad day when people are trying to find joy and pleasure out of this old nasty world and what it can give you. Because I've learned this. You might be on the mountaintop tomorrow, yesterday, but you could be in a valley tomorrow just because the world hit you. And some people that put all their stock and their money, what happens? You've got a large bank account and your God is that belly. That God is your belly of wealth. And what happens when all of a sudden something might tank, something might change? Then all of what you've lived for is gone. You get discouraged, don't you? You want to give up. But see, this is what God says. Your, your God God should not be your belly. It should not be what you can get from this world. You shouldn't be so... Now, by the way, I'm for happy things and I'm for retaining things. I think we ought to enjoy life. I'm not saying that we ought to walk around here like, oh, disappointed and always down because we don't get what we want. I'm just saying when people make, when they're not focusing on heaven, all they have to look forward to is what tomorrow brings or what the day is. Yeah. So you know what happens? They become emotional basket cases. They're up and down. They're up and down because they're not focusing on eternal. They're not focusing on heaven. They realize that this will pass. Heaven's going to be eternal. And the Lord Jesus has already paid for our eternity in heaven. He's already reserved us a spot there. He's done everything necessary for us to have a citizenship in heaven. And so no matter how bad it gets down here, we know it will end. There's a happy ending. And we need to start focusing on that because I believe what we get, if we're not careful, all we do is focus on the now. We focus about you know everything that's going on in our country. We see what's going on in our nation. We see what's going on in the world. I mean, good night. Everything's being thrown at us now. How many have been been concerned about monkeypox? But I mean, now that's the next wave of things that everybody's going to get concerned about. But I just want to tell everybody this. And now I want you to know that after a while, it's going to be all right because eternity, heaven is real. And we as Christians ought to start focusing in on heaven and not just this old nasty now and now. Because truthfully, we talk more about this nasty now and now than we do the heavenly of heavens. We gripe, we whine, we complain, and we never think about focusing on heaven. And we really, what we're telling people is that our God is our belly. It's not going good today. Things didn't work out like I wanted to today. And so I tell you right now, the God, we're telling everybody that the God is our belly. What this world can give us, what our, what our pleasure can find, or what our pleasure can be found in. No, he's saying focus on heaven because a great contrast here. He's trying to get us to realize these folks that are not focusing on heaven, they're living absolutely pitiful lives. Then we find right here in verse 20, the Bible says, there's a little change. It says, for your conversation. But in other words, he says, but wait a minute. The folks that focus in on the earth, that's how they live. But now he's going to give a little bright spot here. But he said, there should be people who are focused on the eternal, not just the temporary. Verse 20, the Bible says, for our conversation. What a stark stark contrast. This is how they're living. But because you're saved, because you know the Lord... In great contrast, but your conversation is in heaven. In other words, you're already there. You just haven't got there yet. You're already there. So he's telling us how to get our focus on heaven. It's not some place I'm going to be. It's a place that I'm already there in the mind of God. And I know it's going to happen. So it does take the sting out of death. Because the Bible tells us the moment that we're absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He tells us when we go through the dark shadow of death, through that valley of death. He says, fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. He never leaves us. He ushers us in to heaven. Our conversation, that's our citizenship. Yeah, we have dual citizenship. Brother Palmer, you have dual citizenship, but you have triple citizenship. And old codgers like me that is just a West Virginia hillbilly, I now have lived in two states. But I'm only an American. I only have citizenship in America. But see, I have dual citizenship because I'm going to tell you all right now. I've got a citizenship up in heaven. And not because I deserve it, not because I've lived, not because I'm even what I am today. It's because there was a time in my life that I realized I was a sinner and I was convicted of that sin. And I put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and he saved me. Just as he did you if you've done that very thing. So our citizenship is heaven. We're citizens in heaven. We live here. But there's home. Heaven's home. It's already home. Uh, sometimes I know preachers, uh, and that sometimes we do, sometimes preachers are pegged. Well, he just said that he was just preaching and he was just using words. Well, sometimes we do. Sometimes we make statements because they're just so familiar to say. But when I do a funeral, I don't just make statements. I put a lot of thought in the very person that I'm speaking about and I try to do justice by them. And very early in the morning, the other morning, when Pastor Altizer texted me and told me that Miss Mary Jane had passed away, this was the very exact phrase and thought that came to my mind. And I even told the family this. I said, I want you to know I'm standing here before you to celebrate Miss Jenkins' life. But I said, I want you to know I'm not just getting ready to say something because it's a funeral and it's what you think I'm supposed to say. And it's not some just little cliche that I'm saying. I said, I truly mean this. Mary Sue Jenkins is one of the most precious, sweetest women that has ever touched my life. The reason I was thinking of home is I went and visited her many times in West Virginia. She lived up on Muddy Creek Mountain. She had a little old white house, was very small. Her husband had died before her and very humble house. Set in a beautiful place. Of course, if you've ever been in West Virginia, all of that's beautiful. It was up on top of a mountain. And you'd come around a curve and there'd be many times I'd go to visit Miss uh, Mary Jane and she'd be sitting on the porch. So I'd get out of my car or my truck and I'd go over there and I'd sit on that swing with her and I'd visit with her and i learned something about her. Every time I left there, I went to go encourage her. But every time I left that little old home, I walked away encouraged. I was there when her youngest son killed himself. I was at the hospital room that day when pastor and I was called and me being a young preacher, I didn't really know what to do. But this young man took his life, walked in that room and you could feel the sorrow in that room. There Miss Mary Jane was, Mary Sue. Sitting in that chair with a quiet strength. Just a few years ago, another of her daughters died. She's been through a lot. So when I was driving in, even before I was driving in, I kept thinking. That little house on top of Muddy Creek Mountain was her home sweet home. That was her place where her family gathered. That's where I no doubt many times she had peaceful times. And that was her home. Y'all know what home feels like? She was always content at home. She was always peaceful at home. No matter what was going on. Go up there to encourage her. She was had a quiet strength, a quiet faith. What helped me is she traded in that little old humble home. Now she's definitely home, sweet home. There'll be no more sad news coming to her ears, no more children breaking her heart or. We better get together, our eyes on focused on heaven we're strangers and pilgrims here we ought to be focusing in on our destination I've noticed when you go on vacation you're looking to get there now sometimes it makes the trip long because you want to get there when you're a child you're always asking, are we there yet, are we there yet are we there yet, are we there yet, are we there yet Moms and dads get frustrated because, but I'm just going to tell y'all right now, I'm I'm just saying that to God now. When are we going to get there? Are we there yet? Our focus should be on eternal things. See, focus on our destination makes the trip much more enjoyable. Now, I know y'all know this, planning on going to West Virginia this week, and I'm going. I'm going. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to bring this spiritual now, y'all stay with me. Because I know he's getting ready to his something with fishing. When I stand in that river next week and that water runs by my leg and I hear the sound of those rapids and I feel the tap or the tick on that line and I set the hook and a small mouth comes up out of the water. I know that's what's going to happen. Not because I'm a good fisherman. That river's full of them. You say, well, why are you enjoying the trip? Because I know what's there. Well, let's bring that down to heaven. I know what's there. Amen. And greater than the new river running across my toes, I'm going to be able to stand in the river of life crystal clear. I'm going to be able to finally see my Savior, who I've trusted and believed all these years, and I plan on continuing to do it. My faith will become sight. I'm going to focus on heaven today. Y'all going to focus with me? Focus on heaven. And number two, quickly, I... We've got to talk about the flight. You're going to get somewhere, you've got to get on a plane, you've got to go there. But here's what's beautiful about this there's two ways we're going to enter heaven. Just two. Some of our dear, precious people that we've loved and known, they're they're already, we know how they've entered in. They entered entered in through death. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They're there. The Tim Fowler is in heaven. Just as sure as I'm standing here. This Mary Sue Jenkins. She's up in heaven today. Just as sure as I'm standing here. You say how do you know? that they took the flight. They took the flight by the way of death. Oh death where is thy sting? Oh grave where is thy victory? See that talks about the two. That talks about the two ways that you're going to get there. Some is going to miss the, the grave. Because The Lord Jesus is going to rapture the church. The ones that are saved. We which are alive. And we don't know when that's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you all something right now. it's going to come quicker than what you think. I know every generation has said. Oh he's coming. He's coming. He's coming. But listen to me. It doesn't matter. He is a coming. And when he comes. The ones that are saved are going up with him. They're going to rapture. But until then. We're going to have to deal with death. We're not going to stop it. Death is just as much as part of life as birth is. And so we have to deal with death. And the greatest way to deal with death is to realize where will we spend our life after death? There's a flight. The flight is either going to be through death. about uh, uh, Absent from the body. Present with the Lord. We're going to be absent from this body. Brother Tim Fowler's body was committed to the ground. But he wasn't there. That was just his shell. Miss Mary Sue. We couldn't even commit the body yesterday. Because it was a bad storm. We were in the mausoleum. But they promised them. Obviously they had a marker there. They had a place already given. For her to put. So when Pastor committed that body to the ground. That was all he was committing to the ground. Was that body. Just the shell here's what's beautiful. We're told in 1 Thessalonians here after a while, the trumpet of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. They're going to prevent. They're going to go before us. Wow, they need six feet head start. Somebody say amen. Amen. And that thought you say, oh, Pastor, you really believe that? Look at me. Yeah, I really believe it. And the Bible even says so much that you should not only believe it, that it ought to be able to give you hope comfort it. comfort one another with these words. So how about the flight? How am I going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you're going to go. I don't know. That's a, that's a mystery of life. We don't know how to flight. But we need to focus on heaven because we never know when we're going to make it the trip. Death is sudden at times. Brother Tim Powler, That was sudden. It was a shock. So thank God he was ready. What about you? You know what we do? We think, oh, we got forever. We'll take care of that. We, we don't know that. The flight be very quick. I got up Wednesday morning. And got a text. Wasn't, wasn't expected to receive that text. I'm thankful I got to talk to Miss Mary Sue two months ago. Her, her daughter lined all that out. And I was able to talk to her. And she told me on that telephone call. She said, now Pastor Mark, you told me, I, you know, if you're able to. She said, you told me many, many years ago that if anything ever happened to me. She said, you promised me you would do your best to come and preach my funeral. And I said, Miss Mary Sue, I, I plan to keep that. But I said, you might outlive me. I'm glad I was able to honor the promise. But the truth is, no one knew, or I didn't know, that day when I woke up that she had passed that day. It was a shock. And so what I'm trying to say to you, sometimes there are emergency flights. By death. I'm not trying to be morbid this morning. I'm gonna be honest with you. I've done two funerals this past week, and I've, I've asked. I asked this question: Has my coffin already been made? You saw, oh, Pastor. You live by that fear. No, I don't live by that fear, but it's a good reminder. You know years ago there was a traveling group from crown college very precious young people they'd surrendered their life to the ministry and there was a married couple that was chaperoning them around one of these boys that was singing in that quartet happened to be from west virginia his name was david Childers. he loved trout fishing I and mean, he was a just a good boy He'd surrendered his life to the lord and there was a precious married couple and then there was three others actually there was four others one played the piano i can still see him he He had red hair. These were all young people. And they were driving, traveling, doing the Lord's work in Florida. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, a car, a truck in a completely different lane of the the freeway lost control and head on to that van and killed all of those young people instantly. Their flight... Place that moment. So I'm trying to say to you the flight. For you and I might be death. Make sure you're ready. Number two. Our flight could be by the rapture. Bible says for our conversation is in heaven. From whence also we look. There it is. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Let me just read it to you. But I would not have you to be ignorant brethren. Concerning them which are asleep. That you sorrow not. Even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus. Will God bring with him. For this we say. Notice this. Not by my word. Paul's not saying this is by my word. No he says by the word of the Lord. This is what God has said. That ye which are alive. And remain until the coming of the Lord. Shall not prevent them which are asleep. But we are going with them. For a life. For the Lord. Woo. Himself shall descend from heaven. Look here He ain't sending an angel. Some people have this, oh, the angel's going to blow No, 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 no. The Lord himself will descend. He cares and loves enough about us to descend. And with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ arise first, then we which are alive and remain, here we go, shall be caught up together with them in the, hand, in to, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be. Be with the Lord. And I don't know about y'all that helps me today. Y'all help by that today. We're going to be somewhere forever. You ready for that flight? You ready for that? either one of those flights? I wish I could tell you we were all going in the rapture. But I can't tell you that. I'd be lying to you if I told you that. Because nobody knows the tomorrow. Nobody knows the next minute. But we're trusting the Lord for it. But I can promise you this. I can't tell you when it is for you. But all I can tell you is God will keep his promise when it is your time. And so again, are you ready for that flight? Look, don't be confused about it. Too heavy. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. It's too important. It's too eternal. It's too much. It's too big. It's not something small. Could you imagine putting up with all the junk that you put up with down here and all the heartache and heartbreak that you put up with down here and then not have any thought of being able to get any of peace from that? No wonder everybody's miserable and depressed. It's gonna end. We're gonna get to walk them streets of gold. So, Pastor, I ain't never walked streets of gold. Have y'all ever walked the cobblestone? In our hometown, there's some of those old brick roads, you know. certain They used to all be brick. Y'all know what I'm talking about, brick roads? I bet you in England they have a bunch of them. <laughs> I just have this feeling, you know, the gold, streets of gold will be beautiful, river lights will be beautiful, all the sights, all the sounds. But I going to tell y'all something, right? I think the greatest thing is, man, the moment we sing. He's going to make it worth the trip. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. We'll have a sing. We'll have a song in our heart. We'll shout the victory when we all get to heaven. The flight to heaven. I'm going to close. I'm going to get y'all out early this morning. I don't know about my future. I'm <laughs> just going to be honest with you. I really don't. Sometimes we come to crossroads in life. and We really don't know which road to take and where to go and what to do. And we all deal with things like that. But I promise you this, my future is bright. And all of you that are saved and know the Lord... Your future's bright. It's looking bright. See the Bible says here. And that's why I got a little. Because I know we're all vile. I know that. I I don't have to be reminded of that. And by the way I don't need to be reminded that I'm vile too. I I get it. I understand. We're all vile. We're all vile. I get it. I get it all. I understand that. Ain't nobody understands that more than me. I've said a thousand times these last two and a half years, Old wretched man that I am, I know who I am. I know who others are, too. And there is a beautiful thing about forgiveness and restoring and all of that. I believe in all of it. Still do. But I'll tell you all right now, I'm looking forward to that day that we... We're going to be there. We're going to have a perfect body. We're going to have perfect knowledge. Our bodies are going to be changed. And we are not going to have to look through the eyes of faith anymore. Someone asked me the other day. And I truly believe this. Just based on this verse. Just based on this verse. Someone says. Do you think when someone gets to heaven. They will understand and know everything. Even if things were concealed. Will they know everything when they get to heaven. I'm going to tell you something. They will know everything. In heaven. Everything. Why? Because the Bible says their vile bodies will be changed. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to be honest. I can't wait for this vile body to change. I wish I had no weakness now. I wish I had no struggle now. I wish I could just flick my finger and say, oh, everything's going to be alright. And I never struggle with anything. And I never get hurt. And I never get disappointed in people. I wish today. Be changed. That's a bright future. Y'all ever heard that old song or that little cliche? My future's so bright, I've got to wear shades. Ooh, Pastor Mark, what are you wearing them shades for? Well, the sun's in my eye. But none of us walk around. But I'm, I'm going to encourage you this morning. Y'all got to start walking around. Now, don't get haughty about it. Don't get, don't get, you know, haughty or, or or prideful about it. But all of us ought to be walking around, shades on, spiritually speaking, because our future's bright. We'll have a glorious body. No more pain. No more sickness, no more cancer. No more COVID. Somebody say, Amen. No more monkeypox. And what else is going to come down the line? I mean, could y'all imagine this? Killing a deer, skinning the deer, and getting bit by a tick that has Lyme disease and it gives you health problems. See, I don't think there's gonna be a deer in heaven, but I know there's not gonna be no Lyme disease. There's people in this church that's had it, it's a horrible sickness. No more cancer. I mean, we, we dread that word, cancer. I mean, that is. That's a dreaded word. There's going to be none of that. Our future's bright. We're going to have a perfect body. There'll be no more sickness. No more sudden death. No more sudden death. There'll be no funeral homes there. I, I love the people that directed the funeral in West Virginia that were my favorite. You know, and I hate to say this to someone, else, man, you know you're living a funny life when you have favorite funeral homes. <laughs> But in the ministry, I mean, you've got to go there a lot. and There are some that obviously that you enjoy more than others. They know how they, they have poof. They, you can tell they really care about the family. They, you know, they even treat creatures like, you know, they're human beings. And I love Rusty, man. Rusty's the head honcho at Wallace and Wallace in Lewisburg. And, you know, I hadn't seen him in years. But the moment I see him, he said, hey, how you doing, Mark? But I say all of that because I thought about old Rusty. I, I, I even told Rusty that. I said, Rusty? Here after a while, you will be out of business. You ever thought about that? There'll be no need for ambulances, morgues, morticians, coffins. There'll be no more death. You'll never hear come through your ear somebody that you love has passed and you don't get to see them Because we're all just going to be up there together enjoying each other. Here's how I know we're going to be able to enjoy each other. Because of what he said, we're going to have perfect bodies. I'm glad we'll change all those because I'm afraid we'd have some church splits up there if we didn't get changed. (laughs) Where did you see? What so and so? No, no. There ain't going to be none of that up there because you're going to be perfect and so am I. I don't know about y'all. I'm excited about that. Y'all excited about that? I really am. I'm I'm excited about that. And so how about yours? Where's your citizenship at this morning? Where's your citizenship Thought about it? How you get there? It's the greatest question you ever answer. There's so many people confused about it. But let me make it clear. The Bible very clearly says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, believeth in Him, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God meant and said exactly what He said. Amen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be, may, not, not maybe, might not, might, it said shall Be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Jesus Christ is the greatest gift I've ever received. My whole purpose here today is two things. Number one, if you're saved, you ought to be focused on heaven, thrilled about it. It ought to help you get through the day. It's going to help me. Number two, if you're here, you're lost. You don't know when your flight's coming. You don't know when your number's going to be called. You don't even know when the rapture's coming. But the the question that needs to be answered there. Are you ready? That's why he came to make sure that you knew you could be ready. When you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He is the way. No man comes to the Father but by him. He's the way. And look. The Holy Spirit of God will convict you and will challenge you whether you know him or not. If you know him, you know it. When you met him, you know it. You might not know the exact date. You might not know the exact month. But you're going to know there was a time that you met Christ in faith. In faith, believing, trusting the Lord Jesus Christ. And by conviction of your sin, you confess and say, Lord, save me, an old sinner. I'm putting my faith and trust in you and you alone. I'm going to tell you something right now. That faith becomes righteousness. Why? Because you're trusting God's way, not somebody else's way. See, every other thing of religions is always their they might sound like it. They might be close to God's way. But see, God's way is God's way. Through Jesus Christ, there's no other way in God's mind. So when we, it pleases Him when we just trust His way. But man, for years, have been trying to make their own way. Make no mistake about it. You didn't hear from this preacher this morning. I'm telling you right now, Jesus Christ is the only way. And he loves you, and he will save you from the guttermost to the uttermost, and you will enter into a relationship with him. And I'm going to tell you something right now. He will help you. Let's stand on our feet. How about it? Can we take just a second to think about it? Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And just be honest now. I, I see a lot of our folks here. I, I, I get that. But maybe there's someone here today. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I've been struggling. I, I don't know for sure. I'm confused. I Maybe you just write out no. You say, Pastor, I don't know if I'm saved or not. But I sure am concerned about it. Would you pray for me? Now, I know for you, it might take some courage, but I want you to know you're around some of the most loving people you'll ever meet. You don't have to be backward or shy about it. Every one of them, if they're saved, they did the same thing, whether in the church or at home. They had to recognize that they were lost. So this morning, would you just be completely honest? You don't have to be completely honest with me, but you say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Why don't you take care of it today? They're going to play here in just a bit. And I promise you, if you'll come forward, we'll have someone take the Bible and they'll show you from God's word. You can walk out of this building today knowing that you have eternal life. But for all of us that maybe are saved, I want to ask you a question. Have you mind been away from that for a little bit? How about we just get our mind back on heaven? And here after a while. We're going to be changed. We're going to enter that destination. It's going to be home, sweet home. How many of you thanked him lately that he's giving you a home? He's preparing a home for you. Why don't you just right where you stand or sit, just thank the Lord for his promises. Now church, I'm not going to, shake anyone's hand or be around i want the visitors to know we are so glad you're here but i'm not feeling the best today and i'm going to be safe with all of that like i said if i wouldn't have gotten sick so late in the morning i would have i'm not going to put that on somebody and throw it on them and make them get up here and preach with that which we do have some preachers here and i believe i could have done it and they'd have been ready to fire one out i get that I hope and pray you'll tell several people before you leave today you love them and let please know this I love you but I'm just gonna be safe today thank you for all of our visitors being here today thank you so much heavenly father we do thank you now we thank you for your strength we thank you for your help lord we thank you for your promises lord we stand on those that's all we have lord that's all we need we're thankful that you are the anchor that holds Lord, I pray that you'll just be with each person that's been in this building today, that you'll just continue to speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's someone here they do not know you. Lord, I pray that they will get that settled today. We'll thank you for what you do. We ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.